Welcome to the We'll Preach for Food podcast. I'm Doug, I'm a pastor here at Faith Lutheran Church. We're based out of Shelton, Washington. We're a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can learn more about faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. I want to thank you for listening today. It's been an emotional week here at Faith. It's been kind of exciting all week long. The church has been buzzing with members preparing for our annual holiday bazaar, which is taking place even as I record this podcast. Today's also my daughter's birthday, so shout out, happy birthday, Hannah. But even with all the joy and the fellowship of the baking and decorations and birthday celebrations, we're a grieving congregation too. Because as we get ready for this bazaar, we can't help but notice all the people who used to be a part of the bazaar but aren't anymore. For years, people would come to the bazaar to, to buy Jerry's cinnamon rolls. At the door, they might have been greeted by Ron or Pastor Neil, decked out in tuxedos and welcoming grins. But Jerry and Ron have died. Pastor Neil's in hospice care. We miss them. We grieve. And this week, our hearts have broken again when another dear saint, our sister Linda, well, she fell on Monday and died rather unexpectedly only a couple days ago at the hospital with her husband Herb at her side. Oh, heartbreak. There's a lot of grief and loss all around us, in our congregation, uh, in our families, in our community. Even at a national level, doesn't it feel like there was something that was once healthy and good that's, that's passed away, that isn't with us anymore? And there's this profound sense of loss and sadness. Well, what do we do with that? What do we do with that grief? And maybe more importantly, what does God do with our grief? That's what I want to talk about today. We'll start with the reading of Scripture. Open your Bible, please, to the Gospel of, of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. We read that, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to look at this one verse. Blessed are those who mourn, Jesus says, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn. So I was a hospice chaplain for a little while, did a lot of work with grief and loss. Technically speaking, grief is the emotional response to the pain of loss while mourning, mourning with a U, that's how we express and process those emotions. Everyone experiences grief or loss. It's also true that everyone experiences and works through grief differently. There's no right way to grieve or to mourn. If you thought that your faith in God would be some kind of a get-out-of-grief-free card, I'm sorry, but you were sorely mistaken. Christians grieve too. And I think that's a good thing. 
It would be a rather pathetic existence, I think, if we never loved anyone enough to know the sorrow or ache of losing them. (laughs) Grief is natural, it's normal, it's necessary, and it's really hard. It is the healing process of the heart, soul, and mind. We always used to say in our hospice grief groups, you don't get over grief, you get through it. Well, blessed are those who mourn, Jesus says, for they will be comforted. Now, it's not that somehow mourning is some sort of a good work that God rewards with comfort. Good heavens. Nobody wants to grieve. We don't try to mourn. Rather, Jesus is saying that our experience of grief is not a sign of God's disfavor or absence or wrath. God doesn't use grief to punish us. On the contrary, grief is one of those thin places in life where God promises to meet us. Grief is a place where God holds us, weeps with us, comes alongside us, and gives us the faith and the hope that we need to journey through that grief into what the Bible calls the peace that passes understanding. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Grief is a place where God meets us. The word of hope in the 23rd Psalm is as much a promise and comfort to those of us who are mourning as it is for those who are facing the mortality. So what then exactly is Jesus saying when he says that those who mourn will be comforted? I think he's talking about a few things. I think he's talking about a comfort that comes from God, a comfort that comes from one another, and a comfort that is informed by our future hope. First, the the first comfort we receive is the comfort we receive from God. Nothing, the Bible promises, not not life, not death, not height, nor depth, certainly not even the pain or anger or heartbreak or loneliness of grief can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible promises, and the life of a Christian, the faith of a Christian is this, that God's love and faithfulness is stronger and deeper and more enduring than even your deepest pain or loss. God will never give up on you, even when you're inclined to give up on God. The strength, the faith, the will to endure and to make the journey through, uh, through grief is what the Bible calls the peace that passes understanding. Jesus is himself our peace. The Spirit is the great comforter. God is the Father of all compassion. God is with you in your grief. God is faithful, the scripture says, and will not let you be tested beyond what you can bear. There is nothing that you and God can't get through together. The the second comfort we receive is the comfort we receive from one another. There's a brief passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. We receive supernatural comfort from God, to be sure. And God also comforts us through very natural, ordinary means. That is the comfort and consolation of one another. We receive comfort. We share comfort when we show up. 
we cry and we share casseroles and we recite the 23rd Psalm and we gather at the graveside because this stuff is really hard. And God put us on planet Earth here to be there for each other, especially when we're grieving. We are called to be Christ to one another, even as others are Christ to us. So often people want to feel like they need to tell somebody about Christ, when in fact the most important thing we can do at sometimes is simply to be Christ for another person. Consider that we all bear the image of God. And so the Christ in me meets the Christ in you. And that is comfort. We receive comfort from others. We comfort others with the comfort and consolation we ourselves have received from God. I think about the prayer attributed to St. Francis. Lord, make us instruments of your peace, the prayer goes. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. We receive comfort from God. We receive comfort from one another. And the third comfort we receive is based on, informed by our hope of heaven. The Bible tells us that this life is not all there is. There is a new life, a new heaven, and a new earth in store for us. That Christ has defeated sin, death, and the devil. The Bible recalls and points to a hope of a resurrection to a new and glorious life in Christ. Listen to what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of humanity who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Or the words of Jesus himself, he brings his promise to a very personal level when he assures his disciples, when he assures you and me that there is hope on the other side. Don't let your hearts be troubled, he says. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many mansions. If that were not so, would I have told you that I go there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. The Bible ends with that vision of a new heaven and a new earth where God will wipe away every tear. No more death, no more mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things will have passed away. It will be the death of death itself. This is All Saints Weekend, folks. We remember this, all the saints who from their labors rest. 
loved ones and friends who have died, who have fought the good fight, those who were once washed in the waters of baptism, whose names are written in the book of life, those who accepted Christ as their Savior, whose sins were washed clean in the blood of the Lamb, those who now sleep in the Lord until the glorious last day, the saints who have gone before us, who now occupy a place in the great cloud of witnesses, the communion of saints. We, this week, we rejoice that Linda has been received into the arms of Jesus, to her heavenly home, even as we grieve with Herb and their family her death. Oh, we miss her. We miss Barbie and Ron and Doris and Rich and Julie and Jerry. We miss Gary and Guy and Sandy and Ron and Tyke and Fred and so many others. We grieve a changing world, a dying way of life, a wounded planet, an aging congregation. The call of faith is to do the work, (laughs) to go about the business of mourning, to lean into our grief, to take that journey through that valley of the shadow of death and to do so with courage and compassion, with anticipation and the hope and faith that God is there with us, that God is faithful, that God will see us through. We need to be there for each other too, to be Christ for one another, a hug, a handwritten note, maybe help with the bills or the bank accounts or cleaning out the garage or just getting together every week. We need each other. And one other note, sometimes we need a little extra help through our grief. Faith is blessed to have Terry Oliver on our staff leading a weekly grief support group. And Terry, Pastor Brenda, and I are available to talk. Sometimes just help, talking to a pastor can help. Sometimes you need to get in t- contact with your doctor or talk to a therapist or grief counselor. This stuff is hard. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This comfort comes from God, from one another, and from the hope of heaven. Therefore, the Bible says, since we are surrounded by so, such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thanks for listening, folks. For more resources about grief and loss, for information about our grief ministries at Faith, or anything else, go to our website, www.faithshelton.org. While you're there, you can like us, subscribe, donate, sign up for our newsletter. You can subscribe to this podcast on most podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google. Thank you, Chaz and Nadia, for your production and tech support for this podcast every week. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm